With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash codeassistant. IBM, let's create. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to another week of the Trickeration Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Waxman. And this week, we've got an extra special episode that maybe more than any other is really what this show is all about. Deep dives into totally entertaining nonsense. I hope you like hearing this episode as much as I did making it. And if you listened to last week's episode, we are one step closer to solving the mystery of the fan in the trench coat who helped the Patriots seal a victory in a game in 1961. We're hoping to confirm the identity of that lunatic fan soon. And please keep sending in ideas for future eps. Some other stories I'm currently pursuing, the greatest purposely missed putt in golf history, an Ivy League cheerleader caper, and the story of how Ichiro's interpreter was able to earn a second income from eating ants. So keep an ear out for all those stories. All right, on to the show. I think there were some pranks. I was probably not privy to them. The episode with Wade Boggs, which was all about practical joke. And we thought, okay, well, what if Rebecca comes into her office and it's filled with sheep? <laughs> We're like, oh, okay, let's let's do that. Took us like two minutes to write it into a script. And yeah, this truck comes and they have to bring in all these sheep. And we're like, hey, we did that. During the 1980s, two hitters, Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn, stood out above the rest. These guys were both batting machines. And while Gwynn's legacy as a hitter has remained, Boggs's has somewhat dimmed over time. To the younger generation, the former Red Sox third baseman is better known for drinking over 100 Miller Lights on a cross-country flight than he is for hitting almost 400 for an entire season. But this is a podcast about deception, and I'm interested in neither of those things. What I'm interested in is a dirty laundry Wade Boggs story I found tucked in a 2009 Hollywood and Levine blog post penned by a former Cheers writer involving a Boggs cameo and Kirstie Alley's underwear. And later in the show, that Cheers writer, Ken Levine, details the sitcom-worthy training regimen he devised to help segue from writer to MLB play-by-play announcer. Take it away, Ken. Of all the athletes that... I've worked with, you know, guesting on television shows. Kevin McHale was far and away the best. And we didn't write that much for him. We certainly didn't give him a lot of joke lines, 
But then the week of rehearsal, we said, you know what? He's really good. And we just, we, we gave him a bunch of jokes. And the Boggs episode, can you tell me a little bit about how that went? I'll tell you the story behind that. It was the end of the season and we were working out the story and we thought, okay, wouldn't it be fun if some Boston athlete comes into the bar and they think that they're being punked and so they like pants him and chase him off. And said, well, okay, who can we get? And at the time, Wade Boggs was the guy. So we said, well, Wade Boggs. But this was March. And I said, well, they're in spring training. And we said, well, let's try anyway. So our casting director goes off to try to make a deal. And he calls up an hour later and says, okay, he'll do it. The manager gave him like three days off. I mean, when you're Wade Boggs and you're leading the world in hitting, it's not like he needed the extra three days. And of course, I'm thinking, man, I just mentioned Wade Boggs and, and there he is on an airplane. So we shoot the scene. There was a practical joke war between Cheers and Gary's Old Town Tavern. He comes into the bar and he was pretty stiff. And at first, the guy's like, oh, my God, Wade Boggs. And then they go, no, that's not Wade Boggs. That's an impersonator. And they chase off Wade Boggs. <laughs> and the pranks just kept escalating. And a year later, this Playboy article comes out by Margot Adams, who is this woman who had a longtime affair with Wade Boggs. And she lived in Orange County, Southern California. She talks about the fact that, you know, Wade called her one day and said, hey, I had a free trip out to L.A. And to do this cheers thing, we got three days. So it's like, that's the reason he took the job, not to be on cheers. It was just to go see his girlfriend and get laid. So I went and bought this old issue on eBay, and it's a delightful read. Adams's five-page tell-all is chock-full of eye-opening acts of deception, including the fact that, according to her, 90% of fan mail sent to the Sox was signed by Bat Boys. So that trove of Marty Barrett autographs you're sitting on might not be as valuable as you think. But the most delightful bit of deceit involved Boggs asking for Margot's help to pull off an underwear switcheroo. And she mentions in the article where he said to her, can I have a, a pair of your panties? Because I, I bet the guys that I could have a, get a pair of Kirstie Alley's panties. Okay, so putting the pieces together, after the Cheers cameo, Boggs returns from the taping in L.A. to Winter Haven, Florida, where the Sox held spring training with a pair of Margot Adams underwear. He then tells his Sox teammates, Clemens, Dwight Evans, Calvin Chiraldi, etc., that as promised, he was able to persuade Kirstie Alley to give him her underwear. But what Boggs couldn't have foreseen is that his spurned mistress would later blab to Playboy that he tricked his teammates back then, and those undies didn't belong to Kirstie Alley, but rather to a baseball groupie slash mortgage broker from Orange County. <laughs> Oil can Boyd probably flipped his lid when he heard the truth. 
So I come in and I'm reading the article in the morning. And I said, what time does the cast come in? I said, well, the cast should be coming in in about five, 10 minutes. I said, great. And I ran down to the stage and Kirsty's just sitting there having a cup of coffee. And I said, hey, Kirsty, you're mentioned in an article in Playboy magazine. She goes, I am? She reads the article and she goes, what the fuck? <laughs> Once or twice a year, I would uh, go up to her and I'd go, hey, Kirsty, look, could you do me a favor? I'm going to my high school reunion and I bet the guys that I can get a pair of your panties. And, and so that became kind of a, a running gag between me and Kirsty for the next few years. So how does this story end? In 2017, out of the blue, Boggs tweets a screenshot of him and Allie on the set of Cheers, to which Allie replies, we had some fun that week, huh? With a kissing emoji. Allie then follows up with a clarifying tweet saying they were both happily married at the time and nothing happened. To which Boggs tweets back, strictly professional. So in other words, as with everything, everyone is lying here about everything. The end. After the break, Ken Levine explains the sitcom-worthy training regimen he underwent to become a Major League Baseball play-by-play announcer. I'm sure there were probably people who didn't say anything to me, but pointed and thought, look at this idiot. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Well, I had always wanted to be a baseball announcer from the time I was eight years old. And uh, I reached a point in my mid-30s. I was comedy writer by then, but I figured if I don't pursue it now, I never will. 
So I went to the upper deck of Dodger Stadium with a tape recorder for two years and just broadcast games. I started in 86, so I did games in the stands in 86 and 87, but they were never broadcast anywhere. They were just for me, for my training purposes. So you're in the upper deck with a tape recorder. Like, Can you paint me a picture of what this looked like? Well, I would buy two seats. It was general admission, which in those days, the seats were like 350. And on the upper deck of Dodger Stadium, you're above home plate, but there weren't reserved seats. So I would come and take two seats right in the front row. And I figured if people didn't like having an announcer sitting next to them, they'd just get up and move somewhere else. I had my Morantz tape recorder. I had headset microphone. I had a battery-operated mixer, and I had a crowd mic that I draped over the railing so that I had a good full crowd sound. And I took three-by-five cards, and I wrote out the defensive alignment, and I taped those to the front railing, and away I went. Ken's bootleg Dodger broadcast quickly found an audience in the upper deck. I found that there were like regulars who would come and sit right around me because they liked hearing me. And eventually I would buy them all a beer and they brought binoculars and they would like scout for me. They'd hand me notes as to who was warming up in the bullpen or if there's a pinch runner, they'd be pointed out. So I had my own spotters, which I needed up there because. The players were just ants, but it was radio. So I'd say, oh, he's got a good late break on that palm ball. <laughs> I couldn't see a fucking palm ball. <laughs> were you ever able to interview any of the players? Would they ever give you that kind of access? No, no. I, I, I never got three miles <laughs> close to the players. And was there ever any moment when you were in the stands where anyone yelled anything or said anything to you that sort of gave you pause? Like, what the hell am I even doing here? The only time I really hated going up to the stands was during a series against the Mets. It would be some of those angry New York Met fans that would be sitting around like, what the fuck, you think you're Vince Scully? The fuck, who are you? So I would get shit from them. And, and I'm sure there were probably people um, who didn't say anything to me, but pointed and thought, look at this idiot. Um, you know, I mean, uh, that, that comes with the territory. And what would you do with those tapes from the games in the stands? Would you then go back and re-listen to them and, and try and learn from mistakes? Yes. I wouldn't tape Vin Scully because I didn't want to be influenced by Vin Scully. So many announcers grew up wanting to be Vin Scully, and you hear them, and it's, you know, and the one-one pitch is low. So it's like I didn't want Scully's inflections to be in my subconscious. And the angel announcer, Al Conan at the time, it's a very good announcer, I would tape the radio, and I would tape my own games. And then I would compare my innings to his. 
And I remember there was one in particular, one game where they were playing the Oakland A's, and there was like a fly ball to deep left center field, and two of the A's converged, Dwayne Murphy and Mike Davis, and they collided. And I'm calling, there's a drive to right field, and Murphy's after it, and Davis is after it. Oh, they collide, and they're lying there, and, uh, you know, they they look like they're both hurt, and da, 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 and the run scores, and, da, 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 and I'm describing this whole thing. And I thought I did a pretty good job. And then I listened to Al's call, and he goes, there's a drive to deep right field. Murphy and Davis collide, and he goes, and the ball lands at their feet, and such and such comes over and retrieves the ball, and this guy is going to third, and and the throw into third, and it hit me. It's like the ball, (laughs) okay? That's the key to that play is where the hell is the ball? I have all the time in the world to recap and talk about what happened and how they hit their heads and they're lying there and they can't move and everything. But as the play is unfolding, it's the ball. And it's something that Al just instinctively did because he had called many, many games. And so it was really just a matter of learning the technique and polish and how to fill time between pitches and how to work in stats and how to tell the story and how to be descriptive and that sort of thing. Ken Levine graduated from bootleg broadcasting legend to the real thing, eventually becoming the full-time play-by-play man for the Baltimore Orioles and later the Seattle Mariners. And to me, that was the value you know, of doing those games in the stands in 86 and 87. Um, it really helped my confidence in in going to the big leagues because I would see a play and I would immediately go, oh yeah, I fucked this play up in the upper deck at Dodger Stadium. (laughs) Okay, I know what this is and I know what not to do now. And were you just naturally born to do this but no one had given you an opportunity or you were someone who had no idea what they were doing and then through these bleacher games that you were calling, you figured the whole thing out? No, I think it's more the, the latter. Um, I started announcing baseball because I loved doing it. And I loved the process of it. And being able to call these games every day. You know, I was achieving my goal. My goal was not to get to the major leagues. And if I didn't get to the major leagues, all of this would be a failure. If your goal is to be the next announcer of the New York Yankees, chances are you're going to be disappointed. So I would say to people, if you're following your bliss, if you're enjoying the learning process and you're enjoying what you're doing, and you're getting satisfaction out of that for that sake, then I say, go for it. 
All right, that is it for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Special thanks to Ken Levine. Make sure to check out Ken's podcast, Hollywood and Levine, in which he reveals some really insightful inside baseball stuff about breaking into the TV business as a writer. I highly recommend this podcast. It's actually really good. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, please take a minute to rate and review wherever one does that kind of thing. For more of this nonsense, follow along at Trickeration on Twitter and Instagram. And as we do every week, we check in with the legend, Chris Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. All right. Thanks, Chris. See you guys next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Watch sensational Grand Slam action on Tennis Channel as top stars clash at Roland Garros in Paris. Catch all the excitement. What a shot. Come on now. With Tennis Channel's comprehensive coverage as we bring you live matches and nightly encores, plus match previews. That is awesome. Don't miss one of the greatest events in all of sports. Roland Garros, the French Open. Daily live coverage on Tennis Channel, now through June 9th. 